This is the Overtime Heroics NBA podcast sponsored by Overtime Heroics. Check it out at OvertimeHeroics.com and on Twitter at OTHHeroics1. You have great information, great writers, and check out all the information in the forums. It's all great stuff. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Overtime Heroic NBA Podcast. I'm your co-host, Nick, here with Tyler and Philip. What's up, guys? What's up, man? How's it going? Yeah, we're back after a night off because we had some technical difficulties, but we're going to jump right into some interesting conversation. Some news came out today about Carmelo Anthony and about his potential return and or not. Uh, how he wants to have kind of a swan song year like D-Wade had last year. Uh, but he it was reported by Shams today that the Knicks would have pursued him if they had gotten some big-time free agents. Guys, what do you think about Carmelo? Does he, does he deserve to be back in this league? Um, yeah, Carmelo is definitely... He's a really good shooter. He's just... His mentality now is kind of like it's kind of messed up he can't have the same mentality as he had before he could he could throw up 30 points drop 30 on people but i mean is that going to really help a team win or 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 whatever so yeah i I agree with that like you said is it going to help the team win tyler i mean it probably won't but it's just for kind of the show I guess he puts up like he did in New York but as it goes to like the farewell tour I think it's like I think it's one of the most Carmelo things you could have possibly heard we heard that he just wants a starting role and that's why no one signed him yet because he doesn't want to come off the bench but now himself he's coming out and saying that he wants a farewell tour it's a little bit odd I don't think he deserves it because I don't think he's put that big of an impact on the league but that's just my opinion yeah he kind of um kind of peaked with Syracuse bringing him to the NCAA championship and and that was it probably his that was his one day of glory was the Syracuse championship what do you guys think of that see I I kind of disagree I think Melo if he stays with the Nuggets when he was with the Nuggets he's considered like an all-star if he stays with the Nuggets his whole career He's an all. He's like an all-time NBA player. Like that's, I think that's what he would end up being. Kind of like Dirk, kind of like Kobe. Like the same team, all time. But the fact that he jumped around a little bit, he went to the Knicks. He revived their program a little bit there. Took him to the playoffs. Won a playoff game for the first time in 12 years. He, uh, he's got a lot. Good thing under his belt. The issue with Melo is that. As you said, I don't know if he can be a. I don't think he wants to not be a starter. Kind of like how Allen Iverson came to the Grizzlies for like 12 days and was like, they're like, we're gonna put you off the bench, and he was like, no, nah, I'm good. I just want to start. Like, yeah, I, I don't think Melo can transition to the bench role. But I think I think he had great years in Denver. I think he had good years with the Knicks. And if Denver wasn't as good as they were right now, I think they would sign him back and let him have his farewell tour come through Denver. But you know that's. They're too good right now. They don't need him. Like, they don't need that kind of uh, 
bleach on their team that he would be with the press, with the media, with needing to score points. Yeah, if I was the Knicks, I would actually, I would actually go ahead and sign him because why not? I mean, they're they're not going anywhere. But with the Knicks, it's kind of like I don't think that they're no longer the worst team in the NBA either after their uh, free agency moves, a few of them. So I think the Knicks should just sign him for a minimum deal. I don't. Yeah, I mean, the Knicks have nothing to lose. They could just put butts in seats with Carmelo Anthony, so they might as well just sign him. Yeah, the thing with the Knicks is interesting is that they, that same position, they have two young guys. I mean, you got, obviously, they just drafted R.J. Barrett, but you got Kevin Knox still there, too, which is kind of the mellow fit, right? He's the long, like, 3-4 He's working on a shot. Like, Melo could actually be a really good role model there, a really good influence if he was the Melo of let me come and be that role. Kind of when, I mean, I got to see that role in Memphis with Vince Carter, where Vince Carter came from the Mavericks, where he was like, he was a borderline starter. He came to Memphis for two or three years, and he became that, you know, veteran influence, cool with coming off the bench, playing, you know, 10 to 15 minutes a night, not having to be that guy and if Mel wants to do that he actually wants to have that farewell tour he'd be okay with that and they're going to give him games where he can score 30 40 points like that's what happened in D-Wade last year he had some killer games where he just went off but then he also had games where he had like you know five eight points like I think that's the the role he needs he needs to get to and if he commits that to a team I don't think there's many teams in the NBA that wouldn't take him that, that would be fine with that. I mean, the Lakers could sign him to a minimum deal and bring him off the bench there. Yeah, but don't you think that, like, it might be, you know, like, because, like, D-Wade, Dirk, all these guys, like, with their home teams, isn't it, like, like, that's the first thing that came to my mind when I heard this Farrell tour. It might be weird if, like, it's not a part of the Knicks or the Nuggets. Yeah, I could see. I could see that because, you know, he was, he played... A lot of his, he played a lot of time with the Knicks and played a lot of time with the Nuggets, so it would only make sense to stop uh, and have one season with one of those two teams over the Lakers. See, I, I don't know if it makes a lot of difference to him. I, I think for him, the farewell tour, quote unquote, is really just to play again. I think he wants to be in the NBA. I don't think he really cares where it is. Uh, I do think that it's weird because he's not with his team. So, like I just said, Dirk. D-Way, Tim Duncan, like, it's weird that way. But then again, I mean, Melo's not been the most conventional guy while he's been in the league. He he kind of, him and Dirk really revolutionized the stretch four. Uh, so those guys, like, I, I don't think he really cares where he's playing as long as he's playing somewhere. But with Melo, you got guys like him who are still out there, veterans that want to play still. You got, we talked about Vince Carter. You got guys like Lance Stevenson are still out there looking to try to find teams. So, but a team that we're going to focus on tonight, we're continuing our series on looking at certain teams, is the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, the reason we're focusing on Portland is because they uh, they signed CJ McCollum to an extension this week for a three-year, $100 million extension, which they paid CJ and Dame a ton of money and have them locked down for five years right now. What do you guys think about the Portland Trailblazers and what they've done with those two guys? 
I think you gotta when you have two superstars like CJ and Dame, you have to and you're a city like Portland. No offense no offense to them. I mean I've heard great things about Portland. But when you have and but they're a small market team, so when you have like when you have two superstars like that, you gotta pay them to keep them. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it was a must sign that they bring those two back. But as it comes to the team, I think that they're they're a little bit of a sleeper this year again. They're projected to be. Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, I think you totally had to lock those two guys down for a long time. Like Tyler said, in Portland, a small market team. But as it comes to the team, I think they're a little bit of a sleeper again this year. I saw them projected by many companies as a seven seed, and I think that's low for them. Just like last year, they overachieved, so I think they'll overachieve again this year. Yeah, I think if you look past those two guys, they, they lost a couple of their starters this year. You know, Ines Cantor went to Boston. Uh, Alfred Aminu went to Orlando. However, they picked up some pretty nice pieces in the offseason. You had Hassan Whiteside through trade with Miami. Uh, with Nurkic uh, injured, that's a good pickup for you. You had Pau Gasol, a veteran center who has NBA playoff and finals experience. Then you pick up, you trade Evan Turner to Atlanta for Kent Bazemore. And Bazemore is a lockdown shooter. He, you're you're going to get a lot of 3 and D with him. And then you got you got some guys who you're going to miss your Jack Lehman, uh, who they traded to the Timberwolves. But you add some nice pieces to this puzzle, and you think that they have a really good shot, as you said, to be a sleeper team. Any team that has Lillard and McCullough on it are going to have a good chance to be, in my mind, a top five team. I actually project them in the same range the Lakers. I think regular season-wise, they will be tied with them most of the season, and then they'll rotate between the fifth and sixth spot. But what do you guys think about this team as a whole? Yeah, I think if this team gets going, it's it's pretty unstoppable with the offensive force that it has. And it has now it added Paul Casal as a veteran leadership. And you have your cage getting coming off that injury, so we'll see how how he looks uh, after, you know, training camp and all that. Yeah, I think they for sure got, I, f- I think they for sure improved this offseason. There's also three names, three young guys that I think will play a solid amount of minutes this year. Uh, two guys that are coming back, Amphrey Simmons and Gary Trent, and obviously the rookie who they're high on this year, Little. So watch out for those three guys. But overall, the team's pretty deep, and they will f- definitely, in my opinion, at least get past the first round. Yeah, and you mentioned the young guys coming back. Amphrey Simmons was their first-round pick last year. A lot of people are high on him to be the backup point guard uh, there in Portland. And as you said, Nasir Little, they got in the 20s of this first round of this draft. He's, he's going to be really good for them. He's going to get a lot of playing time now that they've kind of let go some of their uh, small forwards. And the guy that I think will end up starting for this team is Rodney Hood. Rodney Hood had a resurgence last year after being acquired uh, from the Cavs. He he could end up being that third option offensively or that sixth man off your bench if you start Bazemore. 
So Ronnie Hood, I think, will make a big impact on that team. But when when Nurkic gets back, you kind of have a log jam here at the center position because you have you have four centers. And Zach Collins is a great young big. You got Whiteside, you have Gasol now, and you have Nurkic. That's four centers. Who do y'all think ends up being the starter out of those four? Um, I bet Yurkic gets to start first, and then Yurkic or Whiteside, or you could always have Whiteside as as a as a power forward, and then Yurkic as the center too. I guess. Yeah, going off of what Tyler said, it's actually interesting. I read that it's possible that Yurkic could start at the four because of his ability to. You know, kind of play in the mid range, I guess you could say, and Whiteside at the five. That would be really interesting for them. Yeah, I, I think that could definitely be a possibility. I know a lot of people have talked about Collins probably playing, sometimes playing the four. But Tyler, you had some interesting news on Collins here today. What what, what went down a couple hours ago? Yeah, it says here from Dwight James of NBC Sports Northwest that he suffered a grade two ankle sprain during a recent workout. Uh, he's sustained the injury, which includes a torn lig- ligament while working out in his hometown of Las Vegas. He was wearing a walking boot. But they said, go on and say it's not considered especially serious. Collins was expected to be ready to play by the opening of training camp in September. According to Clutch Sports, Jack Winter. Yeah, so I mean... That's one thing we probably should look for in the season as those kind of injuries with especially like your, your lower leg, your ankle, those things, even though they could be minor, they could definitely, you know, keep at it throughout the season. You, you never know when those ankle sprains or their, those ligaments will end up acting up or tense up. When I was in high school, I, I dislocated my wrist and I tore both of my ligaments in my wrist and that injury still gets me today and that was you know 10 years ago having to deal with my ligaments tensing up at times and you know getting strained and stuff like that so especially when you're an athlete of that caliber those kind of injuries can definitely nag you uh going forward but yeah i think i think that uh this team is pretty good i mean you have a good coach here terry stotts has been here for a while and you got a really good assistant you have good staff um assistant coaches led by Nate Tibbetts a lot of these guys were trying to get poached to be head coaches this year uh but this team you know they they could surprise a lot of people is there any last thoughts you have on you guys on the trailblazers nope I just I think it will be a fun season to watch the nuggets and trailblazers battle it out really yeah I just think it's I guess you could say it's time for Damian Lillard to really be one of the best players in the NBA because if he is that team, they could make some sparks. Yeah, I agree. I think Dame has to be a first-team All-NBA player for them to really make it to the Western Conference Finals. I've mentioned before that teams like this, I think, will do very well in the regular season while teams like the Lakers will struggle. But when it gets to the playoffs and you have But yeah, it's going to be tough in the playoffs. 
So if they if they can pull it together, I think the ceiling is the Western Conference Finals. But I think that's going to wrap it up today for us uh, here with the Overtime Rogues NBA podcast. Some exciting news coming forward. We're all three of us involved in multiple podcasts here. I'm going to have Philip and Tyler on my show on Monday called the BR Heroics podcast. Go find that on Twitter as we talk about soccer and some other things going on in sports. Guys, where else can we find you on podcasts? Uh, you can find me on the on a podcast called The Three Second Violation by Fan Source. It's really cool. Check it out, everyone. Yeah, you can find me on the new Overtime Heroic sponsored podcast, Baller Central. Find me underscore Baller underscore Central. Awesome. Well, we'll be back tomorrow, guys, to talk about another NBA team and bringing any new developments that happen in the National Basketball Association. For me, I'm Nick. Guys, we'll see you tomorrow. All right, peace. See you. Deuces.